0: Welcome to the Grace-Filled Food Freedom Podcast. In this podcast, you can expect to be inspired and equipped to ditch diets, eat well, and let your light shine. Every time you listen, you can expect practical tips straight from the Word of God that are going to get you on the road to food freedom today. Gooey bites of deliciousness that will make you shimmy in your seat because you know that God is speaking directly to you. Are you ready? All right, Grab a fork. Let's dive in. Welcome to the Is It Biblical Diet series. In this series of podcasts, we're going to speak about specific diets and decide, are they biblical? Now, I will warn you ahead of time. If you listen to these podcasts, especially if you listen to them sort of binge listen, right? Back to back, you're going to notice that there are a lot of similarities. In fact, I'm going to be asking questions that are somewhat redundant in each episode, and the answers could feel a little redundant too. And that's on purpose. Listen, girl, you have the Holy Spirit in you. You don't need a diet to tell you what it is that you need to eat. Yet each of these plans, each of these concepts could have some wisdom for us to glean. And I want to really empower you to listen to that still small voice within you to guide and direct your eating decisions. And it's also really interesting to me how each of these diets that we're going to talk about, they have almost a religious element to them. I don't mean a Christian element. I mean, when someone speaks up religion, where you have a community of people who all share like ideas. But the problem when it comes to diets and the diet mindset is they often close their eyes to other possibilities. When it comes to healthy eating, there's no real guidelines in the word of God. In fact, in the Old Testament, we're given some guidelines, but then we're told in the New Testament that Jesus fulfilled all of those Old Testament regulations. So while there's wisdom Um, in them, and certainly many of those food rules and the cleanliness rules kept his people healthy and safe in the new testament we're actually told that all foods are clean and that in the last days we'll actually be told that we're not supposed to eat certain foods and that's not from god so as we make these decisions about how to eat how do we address it in a way that is aware of god's grace and aware of the freedom we have in christ to say yes and no to certain kinds of food so today we're going to talk about the paleo diet Is it biblical? Well, kind of an interesting one to start on because the paleo diet is based on evolutionary biology. So we're talking about the idea that human beings all came from a single cell organism many millions of years ago, but it seems like the millions keep getting longer and longer, don't they? And we've evolved over time to become what we are today. And as you're guessing, it's not a theory that... I agree with that. And you probably don't if you're listening to this podcast. We believe that God created us in his image, in his time, exactly how he wants us to be. Then he created all those other organisms with a purpose. So when we look at the paleo diet from an evolutionary biology standpoint, there's going to be some areas that it doesn't line up with biblical truths. And those seem you know obvious. And I'm sure you figured those out on your own. But what we do wanna say is that there's some truth to be found in looking at the history of how we used to eat. In fact, it's kind of fun, just the little mentions of food that we find in the Bible, being that Jesus ate bread and they had oil and occasionally they had meat and they had wine and figs, fruits, right, vegetables. And that's definitely a healthy way to eat. But the commonality that we're going to find in the paleo diet and eating like Jesus did is going to be found in whole food nutrition. Eating foods closer to their natural state, foods that are not very processed. And of course, with the Industrial Revolution came the entry on frozen, canned, highly processed foods that had a high shelf life. However, I believe with all my heart that God and his sovereignty could have put something in the Bible for those of us living in this century saying, Avoid boxed and canned and frozen processed food. Chose not to. Because here's the thing about when it comes to deciding if a diet works for us. God looks the heart. And this is what we're going to keep coming back to. What is the fruit that following a certain diet is going to produce in your life? I mean, fig, right? We talk about figs in the Bible. But I'm speaking about the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace. Patience, kindness, goodness, self-control. And these are the fruits of the spirit. These are what God is calling us to operate in in our day-to-day lives. So in following a particular eating plan, how does that eating plan support the expression of the fruits of the spirit in your life? And I can't answer that question for you. But let's talk about love specifically because that's really an attribute, a characteristic that's going to have an umbrella over so many others. So when you eat in a way that's whole food nutrition, which is pretty much what the paleo diet is, how is it affecting your ability to love others? Now, you may think that's a trick question, so let me give you a couple of examples. This episode is brought to you by Classical Conversations. Are you interested in homeschooling, but you feel like you lack the support you need? I used to feel the same way, but I learned that not only am I my daughter's first teacher, I can actually be her best teacher. And it's the same for you. You can learn more about how to make homeschooling doable at classicalconversations.com forward slash graceville. So if I'm nourishing myself with quality nutrition, am I fueled to be loving toward others? And this question really could go either way. And I have a feeling that the best answer is going to be found somewhere outside of all or nothing thinking. When I'm well-fueled, when I have food in my belly and in my system that stabilizes my blood sugar, that fills me up, that allows me to eat a meal and move on without thinking about food, say my character is a little stronger versus when I'm eating some processed foods and I have blood sugar ups and downs and I'm kind of all over the place, I may tend to be, maybe it's just me, a little short. Not as focused, right? Not maybe the mom and wife I'd want to be because I'm not feeling good. Not about the food itself and the shame and guilt that can come with eating a certain way. Physically, I may not feel that well. However, on the flip side of a coin, it's I am so stuck in my ways that I'm unable to, unwilling to flex from a whole food diet, paleo diet, if you want to call it that, that I may have some trouble being a little bit loving let's say it's sunday and someone's runs from church invite you over to their house for dinner or if you want to invite someone over to your house for dinner, and you just don't have the time to prepare you know a paleo meal or you go and they take you to a breakfast restaurant and they just don't have anything that suits your needs are you going to eat it would be kind of unloving potentially to go to someone's home and not eat the food that they prepare. So we could have a conversation about this and you know all the details, but I'm just sharing this as an example. Your child bakes you one of those delicious treats they bake and they bring it to you, but you're on the paleo diet, so you don't want to eat this brownie creation. Doesn't feel really loving. So what is the balance in there that would allow you to walk in the fruit of love, and we can go through this with each of the fruits of the spirit. What brings more joy to the life? Probably fueling myself well helps me feel joyful. However, if I don't allow myself some foods that are tasty and allow me to fellowship with my family, like to have that night having ice cream or to share that slice of whole foods midnight over Miami cake, oh, it's so good! That brings joy to my life. And so, when you consider if a diet is Biblical. I'd really like you to consider how does it support the fruit of the spirit in your life. Now, also when we consider paleo diet, we hear a lot about grains and processed grains being really bad for our health, and lectins, and we really need to avoid those foods. And for that case, I'm going to say that the best thing that I can offer you is to listen to a results-based decision for yourself. In my own life, I have tried a variety of things due to some different digestive issues and some food potential allergies that I, will, I had. And I have to say that stress around eating was the biggest trigger that I ever found to any of those symptoms. Not necessarily eating a grain or having beans or grains that were not properly soaked. And I discovered that allowing all foods and embracing that all foods are clean while also listening to what makes me feel really good has cut down on the stress and allowed my body to process a variety of foods quite easily without any negative side effects. And I'll spare the details on that. Now with paleo, we also have kind of this intermittent fasting with sort of tagging along, right? And paleo isn't probably the most popular diet right now, but the intermittent fasting came on the heels of that. And Spoke about keto kind of fit in that mix. And we'll talk about keto again in another podcast. But intermittent fasting is a great topic when we're speaking about the biblical diet because fasting is a really biblical principle. However, some of these really firm guidelines and some of these claims are really outside of reality for the average bear, maybe like me and possibly you. When you consider intermittent fasting, I want you to really think about what helps you feel your best and what is the fruit of that practice. For example, if you feel led to skip breakfast, and that's often how many of these plans work, you work slowly up to it and you see how it helps you feel. Are you able to eat lunch in a really balanced way? Or are you so hungry that you feel kind of out of control and maybe it doesn't help? And I've heard ladies share on both sides of the coin They tried intermittent fasting. It really helped their cravings level out the rest of the day. For others, it made them so hungry it was hard to catch up what it was that they needed to fuel their bodies properly. And so in there, there's really no right answer. But the one thing that we can gain from sort of that idea is that allowing our bodies time to rest and digest is really important. Those of us in prosperous countries, right, those of us in America, and those of you who may be listening where you have a grocery store or a restaurant on every corner, we can get in the habit of nibbling and snacking often. And that doesn't give our body a chance to really digest the food and to rest so that it can do those next steps in the processes. So if there's anything we're going to borrow from intermittent fasting, knowing that stopping eating and getting yourself a nice window of time overnight is a really, really healthy practice. That way when you sleep at night, your brain can do what it needs to do, your digestive system can do what it needs to do, and you can wake up rejuvenated and rested. The last thing we wanna talk about is the spiritual aspect of fasting. So intermittent fasting is not a spiritual practice. In fact, many of the people who practice it have no religious ties whatsoever. And they're not doing it for Jesus, they're doing it for health or weight loss or becoming more lean. And when we fast, we really, really want to keep the Lord front and center. And that's why Our Graceful Plate, we often talk about fasting made easy. And I'm using air quotes here because fasting is intended to be a sacrifice to our God. It's not intended to be In And that is a little itchy and uncomfortable. But if you have a history of overeating, under eating, all or nothing eating, dieting, madness, then fasting could potentially possibly could have been a trigger for you. It took me a long time to be able to fast without any negative repercussions, in fact, the fear of not eating was so great, it would cause me to binge and I'd really have sort of the backlash from that practice. So Graceful thing we talk about fasting and sowing seeds of self-control. And we'll link both of those blog posts in the show notes. But the idea is that it's not even what it is that you're fasting. They you choose to do food. That's okay. It's the heart behind it. And it's who you're doing it for, for God. Not for weight loss, not to help your cells turn over more quickly. Like, it is all about Jesus. You're doing it for God. You're doing it with God. Because even if you choose a small fast, and I'll give you some examples in a minute, and those blog posts have some great examples. Even if you're doing a small fast, if you have some food struggles in your past, it'll still be hard. And so you're going to do it for God. You're going to do it with God. Pray, Lord, I don't know how I'm going to do this. God but I really need to do it. I want to do it for you, but I need to do it with you, without you, can't do anything. And finally, we want to do it for his glory. When he empowers you, when he strengthens you to do that fast, girl, give him the glory. Tell other people about it, right, and see the fruit that that brings in your life. We go back to fruit, of spirit. So, some examples of a fast that you could do would be taking this. 15 minutes or five minutes, if that sounds scary, in that window of time where you're really struggling with food and fasting to him. You're quiet, right? You're not planning and plotting what you're going to eat when the time goes off. You're fellowshipping and you're sowing that seed of self-control by giving him that little bit of time. And it may be in the afternoon, if that's really a hard time for you, or after the kids go to bed and your husband goes to bed and you're kind of alone in the house. That could be like your time. Give him a little bit of that time of your time and see what he does with that little seed of self-control. You could fast one soda a day for a cup of water. And I know sometimes we're like, whoopee, big deal. But we want to set ourselves up for success. And yes, fasting is intended to be a little uncomfortable because it's a sacrifice to God. And we want to use that sacrificial mindset to spur us to remember him. But it has to be doable too. And it has to yield fruit. So maybe it is that one soda that you swap for water. Maybe it is having dessert, of, having a dessert of fruit rather than dessert of sweets. We pray about it. So when we come to all of these diets that we're going to talk about, what we're hear me saying a lot is, what is the fruit of the spirit that this diet brings about? Is there a way to move forward with the tips that you learn, like the positives of this eating plan without the negatives? It could be one or two small things. You're like, yeah, that's actually really smart. I think I could get on board with that eating some more whole foods. That's pretty cool. Not eating, you know, from the mall when I wake up to the mall when I go to bed. That's kind of a cool tip from intermittent fasting. So we're going to look at it and see if it's the fruit of the spirit. We're going to find that wisdom from the Holy Spirit within us. And then we're going to do this, right? For God, with God, and for his glory. Because when you bring the Lord into every area of your life, well, it changes everything. Oh, and P.S. If you're looking for an additional resource to help you get rid of those negative thoughts that lead to overeating, I've got the best resource for you. It's the 15 Tips from the Bible to Overcome Overeating Bible Study. It's five days. It's simple. It's word-based, and it will transform the way you see overeating. And the link is in the description below. Oh, just one more thing. I almost forgot to ask you. If you have just a couple of minutes, could you hop on over and rate and review the podcast? It turns out that they really, really value your opinion. So if you could let the world know how the Grace-Filled Food Freedom podcast has helped you, it will help to spread the message to other women who need hope in Jesus and food freedom through Christ. Well, it certainly was lovely to spend some time with you, sis. I hope that you're enjoying a taste of food freedom. Now, if you're looking for more of an entree, I'd love to officially invite you to my platinum program. It's a six month deep dive start to finish program that is going to immerse you in God's word and God's plan for food freedom. You can find out more at gracefulplate.com forward slash platinum. Be sure to check it out. I'll see you there.